the police told people to stay indoors in New York City and the Northeast, and they did. To stay off the roads, they did. People trusted the mayor, who warned of a historic storm here in New York City. Important to consider this idea of trust in the police and in authorities. All week long, we are talking about the role of trust in policing and how police focus on small infractions, project a reassuring sense of order in the community by doing that. Yesterday, we spoke to one of the authors of the so-called broken windows strategy of law enforcement. For me, broken windows has always been uh, subsumed or is a tactic under community policing. And if you move away from community policing, I think you're moving away from the genius of Anglo-Saxon policing. And that is that police operate on behalf of citizens, they have to work with citizens, and they ought to determine the priorities working with citizens and the standards of neighborhoods within the law working with citizens. And if you forget that and start pushing beyond in the name of getting more arrests or driving crime down just that much farther, there is a point at which you can begin to question, is the cost of reducing crime in terms of developing antagonism so great that we're not going to push this hard. George Kelling, social scientist and author of co-author of the uh, Broken Windows Strategy of Law Enforcement. We spoke to him yesterday. And now we want to get a view from uh, the police perspective. We bring you Sunil Dutta, who's a police officer in Los Angeles, who after getting his master's and Ph.D. in biology, he joined the LAPD, where he has worked for the last 17 years. Sunil, welcome to The Takeaway. Thank you very much. Uh, Before we proceed, I just want to add a disclaimer that uh, I'm here as a private person and I do not represent uh, LAPD. Uh, Whatever I say is going to be my own opinion. Understood. But uh, your views of the workplace and the sort of day-to-day sort of implications of community policing for a police officer, you can speak to. What's it like to actually execute the a broken windows policy to focus very hard on small infractions on the daily beat? Well, let me give you a real world example of what community policing is like. When I made, I finished my probation and I went on the street, all idealistic and starry eyed about wanting to serve people and help community and everything that a young police officer hopes for, I was assigned to a beat where there was lots of drug sales, a lot of shootings gang activity, all kinds of horrible things. And what we discovered was shocking. None of the people we talked to was interested in us chasing gangbangers or drug sales or shooting or anything. The only thing people wanted to do uh, for us to do was, hey, there's so much garbage in the alleys. Uh, There's so much graffiti here. Please write tickets on Sadiqar Street because people are speeding. Our children play there. And what a revelation it was that my agency had its own idea of what was good for the people. That is, go catch the drug seller or, or try to stop the shooting. But the community members had totally different needs and demands. And that's what community policing is all about. You've written about this. What's the community's responsibility to enforce trust and to build trust with law enforcement? Uh, uh, you've really said that... Uh, in, in many ways, the community has to uh, abide by what the police say to a greater degree to prevent things like what happened in Ferguson. Well, it wasn't a book I wrote. It was just an op-ed, and it synthesized only a component of that. The vast majority of the public abides by police, and a vast majority of the police officers are professional and respectful. 
my comment was directed towards that small minority, extremely small minority, which instead of following the law, choose to challenge or attack the police. If you look at the number of uh, actual numbers, uh, between 2003 and 2009, police made approximately 98 million arrests. And at that same time, there were less than 3,000 arrest-related deaths by police. That's 0.0003% of number of arrests. So in reality, the number of actual use of force or actual shootings is minuscule compared to the total number of contacts the police have. So that's, that's a real reality. How would you assess the level of trust between the community and police in your experience? And what do you think people need to know about the experience of being a cop that would help them to understand? One major thing, and I say to everybody that, hey, do not rely on the depiction of policing as it, as you see in a Hollywood movie or, or in a in a television show. Because let me let me give you a basic fact. People often say, hey, you could have shot this man's gun out of their hand. Why did you kill them? And uh, even if he was pointing a gun at you, uh, you could have shot him in the leg. Here's here's the reality. In in real life situation, when uh, there's a life-threatening situation, majority of the time it happens with between 7 to 20 feet and 7 to 8 times out of 10 officers miss when they shoot back. This is the failure rate. The hit ratio is really small. There's adrenaline, there's fear, people are looking at the threat, and they miss. So policing sometimes is extremely ugly. People need to understand that. When we make an arrest, there's nothing uh, peaceful or kind about it. When a use of force occurs, it is not a pretty pretty sight. People need to understand it uh, it just doesn't happen that you, you shoot someone in, in their hands or in the legs or or in their gun-carrying arm. That's impo- next to impossible. So, Neil Dutta, thanks so much for speaking with us. My pleasure. So, Neil Dutta has worked for 17 years as a police officer in Los Angeles. He's also an adjunct professor of security studies at Colorado Tech University. Carrying on with that conversation, in the aftermath of notable incidents of police violence and the subsequent racial tension in New York City and Ferguson, Missouri and other places, the call is for more trust between police and citizens. The question you are responding to this week is, what is the police role in your community? Hi, this is Jerry calling from Corvallis, Oregon. I think a good uh, indicator of how communities view the police is when you look at the youth. The youth of today has a uh, back-off, very tenuous relationship with the police. I think that's going to be a good indicator of our future relationships with law enforcement. My name is Mike Stone, calling from Kirkwood, Missouri. And the police around here are very confrontational. If you address them with anything but yes, sir, or no, sir, it's attitude given back. And it's not the, the racist issue. It's your social class. If you're poor, it's nothing but tickets. If you have a nice car, nice job, you get pulled over, you're, you're not getting a ticket. It's like the feet on the poor. You give them attitude, game over. We're really grateful for all these windows on individual communities around the nation that we're getting from you. From Portland, Oregon, the police in West Lynn are amazing. They seem to really care about us, our town, and often make themselves a part of the community in more ways than just when there is an emergency. They are at parades, educating our schools, as well as attending fairs, community celebrations. I feel very lucky to live in a town with such a dedicated police force. 
or Amherst, Virginia. I've personally only had excellent interactions with police where I felt heard, listened to, and believed, but I'm a white woman. I honestly worry all the time about my black son because the reality is that people of color are targeted and scrutinized in a way I don't experience. Hi, this is Pat calling from South Lake, Texas. Uh, we live in the suburbs. When I moved to an affluent neighborhood five years ago, I was getting pulled over about three times a year for driving while Mexican in my sporty black car. I got a 20-year-old Mercedes and problem solved. No further incident. Hi, my name is Mike. I'm calling from Nassau County. I think the police do a terrific job. I feel very safe because the police are out there. I think all these people having problems with police, they shouldn't be criminals. Do what the police tell you to do, and you won't have a problem. Hi, my name is Kathy. I'm calling from Boston, Massachusetts. The police in my neighborhood like to hand out such warrants with four armored police cars with tanks and about a dozen police officers with assault rifles. That is what I witnessed today at 4.30 in the morning to arrest one guy. That's my view of the police, a militarized police force. And to bring us to the present moment, the police and authorities called for people in the Northeast to stay indoors and to stay off the roads, particularly in New York City. They shut everything down and people heeded the police's call. So there's a certain level of trust in the community when weather is at stake. Call us at 877-8MY-TECH. We want to keep this conversation going about trust and community policing. Find us at Facebook.com slash The Takeaway. There's a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here? And maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts.